Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Just a quick note before we get started that this is part of our Blast from the Past series, where we celebrate one of the incredible women in tech from our archive. And if you're a new listener or you're just looking to be inspired, dig into the back catalog. There are literally hundreds of stories to choose from. Enjoy the episode. So this is kind of like my philosophy whenever I do any sort of uh, hardware project or really like any project that, that I undertake is to sort of just try. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. We are at Tech Chill in Riga, Latvia. So excited to be here. And I am with Charlene. <laughs> I got to meet her yesterday when I first arrived in Riga at the conference. And we, or not yesterday, two days ago when we were at the stage set up. She had her awesome talk this morning. Ah, I'm, I'm so bummed that I missed it. I can't wait to watch it on the video live stream. Um, but we're all in this crazy country um, that I'm sure... Like, is it your first time in Latvia? Yeah, it's my first time in yeah. Europe, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Awesome. Uh, hello, my name is Charlene. Uh, I am a software engineer by training. Uh, so that's what I do uh, during the day. But uh, oh, hold on one second. Yeah. Wait, so should we move? Oh, you guys had a meeting. Okay, so I should move. Yeah, we could do okay. that. Yeah. All right. So we are we are in the hallway, found a new spot. Um, yeah. So I am a software engineer by day. I'm a software engineer at Uber Eats. Uh, but by night, I like to uh, make all of these uh, hardware Internet Things projects. Uh, I got started with, uh, with it about a year ago when I uh, decided to do this project called 12 Months of Makes, where I made uh, one project per month every month. Uh, for an entire year. Uh, and so I learned a lot, and that's actually what I came here to Tech Chill to talk about. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That sounds, do you know uh, Nomad List and um, uh, Peter, who mm-hmm. did the one one uh, tech startup a month for a year as well? Whoa, okay. Oh, I'm going to have to send you that blog thing, post. Yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy. Uh, so, how'd the talk go? Like, it, have yeah. you given a, several talks in your career? Um, I've given a couple, yes. Uh, the the uh, last iteration of this talk before Textual was uh, GitHub Universe uh, late last year. Exciting. Uh, yeah, it was really awesome. And um, I also got the chance to uh, participate in uh, Spectra, which is. Um, uh, this company called Particles uh, First Conference. Yeah. Uh, they're like a hardware company. They're a very cool group of people. And yeah. when did you first become attracted to the tech world? Um, hmm, I guess, uh, so I took 
computer science as a major in college. Um, but really, I got uh, interested in, in programming specifically in high school when they decided to first sort of establish this computer science class. Uh, and I found that I kind of had a knack for it, <laughs> which was a, a fortunate sort of uh, uh, interesting discovery about myself. Uh, and so that's when I decided, oh, maybe I'll, I'll try to uh, see if I should do a computer science major. Uh, and that's, I guess, how I got in. <laughs> and um, how did it go from when you were uh, a little girl, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being curious about the tech world to becoming a, like, transitioning into, be- take me back to the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, uh, m- maybe an interesting story too is when uh, I, when I was a little girl, I used to um, take my toys apart yeah. after I played around with it, especially the ones with the batteries. I love to like just I had a screw, I found a screwdriver, and so right. I had it in my toy box, and I would just uh, uh, take apart all of my electronic toys. Right, but. The problem was I would never be able to put them back together. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I sort of always had this impression that uh, that the technology and hardware was kind of really hard. Right. Uh, and that I thought that it would not be something that I could do. But I was able to do programming. And so that was really cool. And I really loved coding. Uh, and Wait, so how did you discover programming and coding then? Like oh. you went from... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, 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 our high school sort of first established our uh, computer science program, and then by the end of the year, the the when they uh, were teaching it, the the first year that I learned it, I was sort of able to really grasp the material pretty fast, and I was helping my uh, fellow classmates uh, to understand it as well, Um, and so it was uh, really cool to have found this skill that early in life because then I was like oh well I guess I could this is a major that I could do like fantastic like it's fun and like I can actually study it for college Um, and so that's how I got into being a software engineer Uh, and I worked for a couple of years before my current company um, as a software engineer Uh, and I took a little detour actually as a developer advocate um, for Uber as well Uh, and then I sort of went back to software engineering for Uber Eats. Um, And so that's how sort of my software life came to be. Um, But then one day, my coworker, when I was still a developer advocate, uh, he asked me a question. He was like, what if we could create a hat that lit up depending on the state of an Uber ride. Now, a state of an Uber ride is like if you just requested or if you're waiting for right. your driver, that's another state. Right. And if you are in the car, that's another state. Uh, and so he was like, you know, what if, how, like, how can we teach people these states in sort of this fun way with a hat? Right. And I was like, sure, I guess you can do that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I remember that I was like a software person. And right, I, right. Uh, had always found hardware very intimidating because... I broke a lot of things <laughs> as a kid. I think that's uh, probably a good thing when you're trying to learn. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but then I was like, yeah, sure, uh, I could try it. Um, and and then that's when I found um, this this microcontroller. It's called a Particle Electron. Um, and it's made by this company called Particle. And somehow they just made, uh, because of how they made sort of their development tools and all of their uh, documentation, it made it really easy to get into um, building things with hardware. Right. And so I sort of floundered around a little. I Googled a lot 
I tried not to burn my house down. Uh, and I came up with a hat. Uh, it was a shark-shaped hat. And it had a 3D printed unicorn horn on it. And that 3D printed unicorn horn lit up in different light animations, depending on whether you just requested your ride or when you are waiting for your driver, when you're in the car, etc. Uh, so I was able to sort of do the thing that my coworker asked me to do, which is great. <laughs> and, and what would you say, it seems like you're a very curious person and you don't let... Um, they're not even like past failures. This is like when you would break things, you didn't let that discourage you from, you know, continuing to learn mm -hmm. to figure out how eventually you wouldn't break things. Right. <laughs> um, what is an obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how'd you overcome it? Um, hmm. Well, I guess uh, I sort of talk about it retrospectively uh, that, that, you know, oh, I just like Googled a bunch of things and I... Uh, I made this hat happen. Yeah. But actually, it took a lot of um, sort of very, even like, I don't know, s stupid questions like, you know, oh, what does the, like, how do you make power go through electricity? Or, oh, yeah, like, how does electricity work? Or, like, yeah. how do you turn switches on and off? Uh, so I had to sort of, like, go through all of these like weird fundamental questions about like how do you connect a microcontroller to some other device yeah. to like control it uh, which uh, I f like I eventually found resources for but I had like no person to sort of like guide me in doing right. that uh, but eventually um, with with enough sort of like persistence and I, I did have like some friends that I sort of like randomly asked like specific questions right. to uh, and, and I eventually sort of try to figure it out and so this is kind of like my philosophy whenever I do any sort any, any sort of uh, hardware project or really like any project yeah. that, that I undertake is to sort of just try yeah <laughs> I mean the thing that I'd love to, for you to share with everyone listening is a couple things one what would you recommend if someone wants to be you one day what resources should they access to start learning and then you know speaking on a stage in front of hundreds and hundreds of people and a huge, gorgeous stage at that. It's so it's a little intimidating with the fancy microphone in the mouth. You know how yeah. how do you build up the confidence to get on stage? So I'd love to share those two things with everyone. Okay, um, we are very lucky. I feel like to live in a time where resources on the internet is very. Uh, widespread and free. Right. Um, and so I would say uh, if you were either a software engineer that wants to get into hardware things or um, just like a person who maybe doesn't know a lot of coding but still wants to like get into a bunch of the hardware stuff, it's still possible by yeah. the way. It doesn't actually require a bunch of like understand, like deep understanding right. of coding to be able to like make, uh, for example, a robot plush that like dances around or whatever. Right. Um, so uh, there's a lot of great research resources online. One of them is called Adafruit. Uh, oh. Adafruit.com. And How do you they, spell that? A-D-A-F-R-U-I-T. 
and it's this made by this amazing uh, 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 CEO. Her name is uh, Limor Freed, uh, Lady Ada. Sounds her, like she needs to be on the podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Um, but she uh, built up this company. She's an MIT graduate, uh, and she has sort of made it so that this company sells these electronic components, these microcontrollers, but they also make it a point to be very descriptive about how you use them and teach people how to, like, they don't just sell it and then they tell you, good luck, like, have fun trying to figure it out. Um, they actually have this whole other part of their website that teaches you all about how to create solutions and and just like projects with the stuff that they sell. Um, so it's very cool. Check it out. It's like adafruit.com or learn.adafruit.com. Right. Uh, that would be my first go-to in terms of any learning resources about these things. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's and and cool. you guys will include it in the show notes. So definitely like check the show notes and all the links will be there. Thanks mm-hmm. to our amazing teammate, Carl. Yes. Another uh, cool company to check out is Particle, so Particle.io. They make these amazing microcontrollers that are very easy to use, especially for beginners. And they do the same thing that Adafruit does, where they like uh, they have a bunch of documentation about how to use these things and what projects you can make with them, etc. So Particle.io, one more resource. And again, it will all be in the show notes for you guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And as far as public speaking goes, oh man, because it's, it's intimidating, right? Yes. It's scary. Uh, I am yeah. the first to tell you that I am always nervous whenever I get on stage. It's always been this way, even yeah. when I started. Um, but the one of By the my, way, ditto. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 ditto. i just terrified, even though I've given, I mean, what, hundreds of talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no less always, terrifying. Just yeah. always terrifying. Um, but I guess uh, you learn tricks to sort of deal with yeah. the fear and like sort of take it into control and then just decide that there's something else that's more important than like looking at your fear and like feeling it yeah um so i think that's like the thing that you get with practice Uh, i don't think that it has to come naturally uh when you start um so i guess uh in terms of how I, i i started um uh there's a few things i guess so i uh was fortunate to have uh, met some friends who were developer advocates. Are you familiar with this role? No, tell uh, me. So a developer advocate is kind of a half software engineer and half public speaker, technical writer, and event planner. Oh. Um, and so it's sort of this great hybrid role. And I met some cool uh, developer advocates, and uh, they uh, put up this sort of like training program right. for developer advocacy. And that's how I first sort of started uh, building my skills in public speaking uh, because they teach you a lot about, you know, public speaking, technical writing, event planning. So interesting. Yeah, it's super awesome. Uh, it was kind of an ad hoc program uh, that they did, but that uh, was the beginning of uh, me thinking that, oh, I get, like somebody just has to tell you that you can public speak as well. Right. right. Like, I think a lot of people look at other people speaking on stage and they think like, oh, like, that's really cool, but that's not me. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> or they don't even think that, oh, that's not me. They just go like, oh, that's a cool thing that other people do. And that's right, like, right, right. I do other things. Yeah. Right? But I think that anybody, like literally anybody can do this. Uh, and you don't have to be an expert. You and just there's Toastmasters to too. Yeah, yeah, Toastmasters exactly. is a great place to practice. What I loved about what you said, 
and I believe in this too, it's about serving a purpose larger than yourself. It's not about your fear. It's Mm -hmm. about why are you showing up on the stage in the first place, and it's for that audience. And it's making that conscious choice. Yes. To just say, okay, I am afraid, but that's okay, because I'm going to do it. (laughs) It's almost philanthropic, Mm -hmm. right? That's true, yeah. Because, like, we're, as a speaker at least for me and it sounds like it's the same for you we're doing this community service mm-hmm. to strengthen and empower our peers right and yeah. um yeah 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 not about our egos totally <laughs> totally yeah. absolutely um yeah and i think that it's not about being an expert it's not about sort of standing up there and be like i'm the smartest person in this room yeah you know like it's not about that it's about bringing value through the things that you're teaching right and and sort of being very like I don't know earnest and authentic about actually like giving that to people giving that to the people that uh, you're trying to serve totally um and so you don't have to be an expert to do that. You just have to be. You just have to do your homework. You just have to do research. You just have to be willing yeah. to learn and then teach. I love. Yeah. And I know you're trying to head to a friend's talk. So why don't we continue going? We're walking back, and <laughs> awesome. so you can get your stuff and not awesome. miss your friend's talk. So um, how can people connect with you? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Chardain. I'm also uh, on Instagram at Chardain. Can you spell uh, it? It's C H A R. D-A-N-E. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thank been, you for having me. She's such a lifesaver. I, did, I didn't bring a phone charger, and she let me use her cord, and then and then I couldn't find her for a couple days. And so I'm like, this poor girl's without her, her cord to charge no, her own stuff. Um, I really appreciate being, you being supportive, and it's just been so fantastic to be here. Remember, you can connect and collaborate with other extraordinary women in tech on the Women in Tech Facebook group, womenintechvip.com. Takes straight there or say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. (laughs) My name is Charlene Gonda. I am a software engineer at Uber Eats. We deliver food. We are based in San Francisco, California, and you've been listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.